You're listening in Marcus Sahaba Online Radio Podcast. The evening on afternoon of Munta, we join our very own Ibrahim Badatria, my Ibrahim Ba on his segment, Travel Express. Ibrahim Ba, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. And tell me, how do you think this time a beautiful evening, Ba? Walaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, Brother Shafat, and all our listeners out there to Radio Marcus Sahaba. Alhamdulillah, by Allah's grace, I'm on top of the world. Uh, great to have you, Ba. And, uh, you know, many things happening around us. And, uh, you know, when uh, we always uh, appreciate uh, your expertise and your opinion on many topics. Uh, but the politics, uh, when you talk, people sit up and listen to you, Ba. <laughs> what's your latest thoughts? Uh, well, what's happening there? Well, uh, uh, I mean, the thing that's on the, on the top of the agenda everywhere globally is, of course, the, uh, the barbaric uh, behavior of uh, the Israeli occupation forces and the continuous uh, uh, genocide on the people of uh, Gaza, Palestinians, of course. And uh, having done some research, apparently uh, there is more at stake here than just uh, that issue of October the 7th, which they all seem to be harping about, right? Not talking about what happened since 1947, 48, of course. Uh, Netanyahu has already uh, given many exploration uh, sort of licenses to many companies because apparently they've discovered uh, huge gas uh, deposits off the coast of Gaza. And uh, what they're doing is that they're clearing out uh, northern Gaza so much so that uh, exactly on the line where the, uh, the boundaries state that everything to the north of that line belongs to the north of Gaza. So they basically want to take over that land so that they can uh, have uh, full rights to the gas fields that are there. Uh, Also, there is another theory going around that uh, they are wanting to bypass the Suez Canal by uh, constructing a Ben-Gurion Canal. And of course, that would mean they would have to bypass uh, the north of Gaza. So now if they take it over, of course, they can shorten the distance and punch it through straight away. And that would open their corridor and uh, gas supplies to Europe, uh, thereby making them reliant no no more on uh, gas uh, from uh, Russia or anywhere else. And there's a lot at stake here, a lot at play. And the thing is, uh, unfortunately, I don't think the Gazans or the Palestinians can expect any help from Sisi because uh, his mother was a Jew. That makes him a Jew. And of course, uh, MBS has admitted that his mother is a Jewess as well. So uh, there's more at play over here than meets the eye. It's just a land grab. And unfortunately, they are slaughtering the uh, Palestinian men, women and children who are totally defenseless. And of course, uh, the United Nations is powerless. Uh, America is backing it. The rest of the West is backing everything. So if anything, all that uh, it goes to show is the gross hypocrisy of the so-called civilized West. And of course, the impotence of all the Arab leaders in the Middle East area, because I'm sure every one of them will stand to profit, you know, uh, hence the so-called and in, t- in italics uh, normalization with the state of Israel, the apartheid state of Israel, I might uh, add. So uh, that, in my opinion, is what is going down right now. It is just so tragic to see this thing. It is gut-wrenching, really, to see all these these images and to think that uh, I, will, I will share with you the one where the rabbis are openly calling for 
the destruction and murder of the children and everything else. But uh, it is what it is. And uh, the thing is, we always uh, believe and admit that uh, Allah is in control. Allah sees and knows exactly what is going on. It is just such a pity that we have to witness this thing. And it is is, uh, something that, you know, I've been there to Gaza and I met a lot of people. I know a lot of people in there and their resilience is second to none when it comes to that, you know, in spite of all the suffering that they've got no food, electricity, water, medicine, connectivity, nothing. But the thing is, even they're holding their dead children and they're saying, Alhamdulillah, and to Allah we belong and to Him is our return. And this is what is uh, really uh, capturing the attention of the world, that to think that uh, these people are having their entire families wiped out and yet they are still so strong and steadfast in their faith. May Allah reward all of them and may Allah grant Chanatul Firdos to all those martyrs, especially those children out there. You know, absolutely, Ba. And, you know, you look at the whole, in, uh, the entire Emiratis, uh, it's all being captured yeah, by exactly. Zionists. Exactly. I mean, uh, you're, you're seeing the action speaks louder than words. Uh, these guys yeah. are talking to uh, us in folk songs, and, and they're doing <laughs> absolutely nothing. The U-turn that MBS has made, uh, the you know, the Qasaris and the, uh, you know, you look at the people from Doha and so forth. But they are all glorified managers of the Zionists because the Zionists literally uh, control and patrol the entire area. Besides that, they actually own it, Ba. Yeah, exactly. These are all laptops. These are puppets that are just there, you know. I mean, you said uh, they are doing nothing. On the contrary, they are going one further. I mean, for MBS to give uh, Biden the green light to use his airspace to launch, uh, to protect uh, so-called, if it needs protection, Israel, that tells you a lot, doesn't it? Instead of protecting the innocent people, what's he doing instead selling, sending shrouds? Who needs the bloody shrouds when they are starving them to death and bombing them to death? I, I don't know, this is a world gone crazy, Ba. And the thing is, I'm telling you one thing. Allah's wheels of justice grind slowly, but ever so surely. And when the time comes, these people will live to regret the day they took that path down the road. I'm telling you seriously. It might not happen now, not in 10 years, but ultimately when the payback comes, it's going to be so severe that these people would never ever dream that it could be that way. Now, well said, the bar, and actually, you know, what you have said is a divine decree will take, uh, you know, full it was, it was, and look, pa, let's just be frank here. The thing is, uh, Al-Quds, Jerusalem, as we knew it, it's been desecrated and destroyed many times before in history with the Crusades and everything else. So as much as we'd like to stand up and fight for it and do what we can, ultimately it is Allah's will that will prevail, Ba. That doesn't mean to say we must sit on our hands and do nothing. Yes, we do the best we can. But what will be, will be. It's going to be what it is but at the end of the day, sad as it might be. But then it, it, it is a pause for thought on our part as to whether we are the real movement that Allah would want us to be. The real obedient slaves that uh, prioritize uh, his pleasure with the things that we think, say and do, as opposed to earning that displeasure as a priority. And I think uh, perhaps I'm not saying it is perhaps this will give us all, you know, a pause for thought and to see, get our moral compasses right and get our bearings right and and look at ourselves, uh, you know, 
critically and analytically in the mirror and decide where we're going in this uh, temporal existence of ours. No? Mm, absolutely, and how you, we will be documented whilst we experience all this, and may Allah accept what little we have done uh, to conscientize mm. ourselves and those yeah. around us. And, uh, you know, another senior citizen uh, spoke to me the other day. I mean, I'm a senior citizen too, uh, a good uh, buddy of mine. He said, hey, chef, don't mention my uh, name on air. But uh, he told me, he said, you know, we're collecting and we're giving, and, uh, you know, someone told him, you know what, you're fattening up the uh, Palestinians to be at the mercy of the Zionist, uh, you know, know, evil uh, conglomerates to just kill our babies and innocents. What we need is, yeah, we need your arms, we need your ammunition, and we need mujahids on the field. We don't need all your fattening things and this and that. How do you react to that, Ba? Ba, it's, it's such a complex issue. The thing is, uh, I know that the people in Turkey are getting uh, riled up and highly, highly annoyed with uh, their president and demanding that they send the army in. But uh, it's more than that, you know, the thing is uh, governmental and other considerations. You know, the question is who's going to be the one that's going to start uh, the uh, outside intervention, okay? Everyone is very, very wary of the consequences because once that starts, it's out of control. There's no way you're going to say, okay, fine, I'm going to be doing it for a, a specified period or restricted sort of uh, outcomes and things like that. No, it, it, it becomes a beast of its own and there's no controlling it. And then everybody else will jump in. And then before you know it, the whole world will be going up in smoke. And this is the reason why the uh, West and, of course, Israel can do what they're doing with impunity because they know that if uh, if uh, Nasrallah and 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 uh, the Lebanese forces get involved, I know there is some some limited uh, sort of exchange of uh, missiles and fire and 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 battles going on to the north of of uh, Palestine. But uh, if it gets more hectic than that, then uh, all bets are off, and uh, it becomes a regional war, and then suddenly it's a world war. And then if you talk about uh, nuclear, even if it's uh, sort of uh, theater nukes that they use where the uh, fallout is limited and it does massive damage, then uh, the devil's there to be paid, Ba. And the thing is, uh, everyone's afraid to be the one to instigate that. And uh, this is the, the, the problem. I'm not talking about these quizzling Arab governments and all that suck up to the West and to Israel. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking to uh, players like Hezbollah. I'm talking about Iran. I'm talking about Turkey and, and, and people like that. Forget Egypt, uh, Sisi is a Jew, like I said, and you're not going to get anything out of them. On the contrary, they will do everything to stymie any efforts uh, to A, even send in humanitarian aid or anything of the sort to even ask for a ceasefire. So uh, that's where we are at. The thing is, who's going to do what? That is the question. You can, you and I cannot suddenly say, yeah, okay, fine, uh, give us a rifle and uh, ammunition and kit and let us go over there and do what are you going to achieve on your own i mean many of us and i say this to myself many of us can't even lift the duvet to go to Fajr in the morning where are you going to go ten thousand miles away and go and uh, expect to fight and do what so uh, that is the case in point and uh, it's uh, it's something that's going to really expose everyone it, there's going to be no place to hide everyone's going to be exposed for A, the, the good people they are or the frauds that they've always been.
Bye, I've lost you. Uh, Marv, you know the uh, Mr. Muter got uh, hold of me here. Yeah? Uh, he didn't let me. He, uh, he didn't let me talk to you. But uh, yeah, you made a valid point. The cold morning, winter's morning, and the duvet is there, and the gudris are there. The yeah. azan goes, and if you can kick that duvet and the gudris out and get up and go for fajr, then uh, you become the heavyweight champion of the morning, uh, Ba. Yeah, well, uh, the Israelis say this very clearly. The uh... The Muslims that is blow hard, they make a lot of noise and then uh, they do some boycotts and things like that. And before you know it, it's business as usual. And they say, uh, we know that unless and until the mosque are filled, filled with worshippers every Fajr, there's nothing the Muslims going to do because they are so disunited, so divided, and so not in tune with their creator. So this is why they can do what they do and get away with it. Yes, we are filled with impotent rage, but what can we do? What can we do, realistically speaking? Mm. That's a, you know, that's an important uh, point to make. What can we do? Because we don't have leadership, we don't have anything. But you know, it's time for us to really. The world is all, uh, you know, even non-Muslims are talking, uh, you know, yeah. against uh, what's happening. But it's so sad. They themselves are telling you, what's wrong with those Muslim countries, mm -hmm. so-called Muslim leaders of yours? None of them is come. Uh, have come to the fore. They're just allowing the poor yes. babies to be murdered, literally mur murdered. And uh, you know, Allah, the genocide. These are spineless, gutless slime balls. That's all they are. Nothing else. Mm. Yeah, yeah, they've been I mean, exposed. They've been exposed for what they are. Yeah, the world knows what's going on. Well, Ba, let's get on to our travel express and uh, look at Africa. These African countries are ranked highest in aviation safety uh, standards, Ba. Yeah, the thing is, Africa is coming into its own as it, uh, you know, progresses. Alhamdulillah, long, long last. Uh, in an exciting development in uh, African aviation safety. Uh, of all countries, Tanzania has soared to the fourth position in safety standard across the continent. Now, that's quite a mean feat, actually. And uh, their prime minister proudly revealed that Tanzania achieved an impressive 86.7% score in an assessment con uh, conducted by the International Civil Aviation Organization in May of 2023. Now, but it might not sound much to us, but uh, for those in the know, this marks a significant leap from a mere 37.8% in 2013, and 10 years later, they are right up there in 86.7%. So it uh, showcases Tanzania's unwavering commitment to enhancing uh, aviation safety. And of course, this announcement uh, took place at the Tanzania Civil Aviation Authority in the uh, business hub of Dar es Salaam. And uh, this remarkable achievement uh, wasn't just handed out, but uh, was a result of meticulous uh, scrutiny, inspection, etc., by the uh, ICAO experts. And uh, they assessed the key airports that included Kilimanjaro, Julius Nyerere, and Abid Amani Karume uh, International Airport uh, that is in Zanzibar. And uh, all these airports came through with flying colors. So, uh, yeah, they're doing well, and uh, it, it augurs well for Africa as such. And uh, looking at the South African scene, we have also earned some accolades uh, from them, uh, the African Civil Aviation Commission, 
And uh, the audits have shown that uh, we have a remarkable safety record. And of course, our civil aviation safety system and supervision capabilities exceed uh, 90%. And of course, this is a, again a remarkable achievement considering that uh, the global average of effective mean uh, implementation stands at only 67.50%. So uh, yeah, Tanzania and uh, South Africa, they're raising the bar insofar as standards go in Africa and uh, hats off to them, Ba. No, absolutely, Ba. And as you said, hats off to them and uh, well done, Africa Burwa. I wonder, you know, we have very competent uh, people working here and uh, Alhamdulillah for that, Ba. And uh, then, you know, we are looking at uh, the Indonesians and you look at the Indonesia conducts first uh, commercial flight using mm. palm oil blended in jet fuel. I knew some people using palm oil for the soap or palm oil for some cooking. cooking yeah. And uh, talk to me about the palm oil during the jet flights, Ba. Yeah, but I'm not sure when last you might have gone to that part of the world in uh, Asia. But uh, in Malaysia and Indonesia and all that, uh, for as far as the eye can see, they've uh, sort of cleared out the forest and invested heavily in uh, planting uh, palm trees, of course, the oil uh, being the key ingredient that made them do that, so much so that uh, there are limits to how much more you can plant. But uh, really, it is uh, something, it is such a huge industry. So uh, just get ready for an exciting journey. And <laughs> we're going to be taking you on a groundbreaking development uh, in the aviation uh, sector and more with the accent on sustainability. and. Uh, of course, if you don't already know, uh, Indonesia is the world's largest palm oil producer, more than Malaysia and anyone else. And uh, it has just achieved a remarkable milestone by conducting its first commercial flight using palm oil blended jet fuel. So basically what they've done is, uh, this is a whole lot of uh, chemical wizardry involved over here, where they blended uh, palm oil uh, with uh, jet fuel. Now, jet fuel might sound very, uh, uh, you know, outlandish or something special. Basically, it is just uh, one degree above in the fractioning process in refinery uh, of uh, your ordinary illuminating paraffin. So they call it power paraffin. This is what the jet fuel really is. So they've taken that and they've blended it uh, with the palm oil and uh, Garuda, which is the national carrier, uh, the country's flag carrier, of course, they used it in a Boeing uh, 737-800 aircraft and it flew from the capital Jakarta and uh, to Surakarta city with 100 passengers on board, uh, roughly a 550-kilometer flight, roughly like uh, Durban-Joburg, huh? if you uh, really want to get that into perspective. And the CEO, Garuda CEO, expressed the airline's commitment to exploring sustainable fuel options. Now, this is all again playing into that uh, carbon neutral nonsense that these uh, green parties and all are pushing. Well, whatever is what, this is what they're doing. And uh, during a ceremony, uh, he announced plans to collaborate with Pertamina. That's the name of the state uh, of uh, Indonesia's uh, energy firm and the energy ministry and other stakeholders to ensure the commercial viability of this innovative fuel. Now, this is uh, quite an involved uh, chemical process, uh, you know, where they do all sorts of uh, admixtures and things like that and remove all sorts of 
things from the oil so that it can be, uh, you know, uh, used in a blend with the uh, fuel, jet fuel, to burn clean and not sort of uh, so-called pollute the atmosphere or uh, adversely affect the components of the uh, jet engines. And uh, what they're saying, Ba, is that if uh, they're predicting that the aviation sector, I think uh, most probably this is the global uh, figure that they're talking about, a staggering 450 billion litres of uh, sustainable fuel that would be required by 2050 if they are going to reach that uh, uh, I don't know if it's attainable at all net zero emission targets so this is what they've done and uh, I think uh, it is a step in the right direction according to them and uh, if it works for them then I think uh, they'll be getting good return on their investments in all those palm plantations uh, and I think uh, this what? is more than anything else, a business affair, yeah. Jiba, our cooking oil industry here, yeah, the Musas are listening very carefully. Yeah. I don't know he'll be. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they rather stick to the, yeah, the cooking yeah. business. Yeah, Because yeah. that's uh, too much of oil to put into that mm. and burn it up for nothing. Mm. Well, we thought our lift, Karado, Ibrahim. Yeah, yeah, Lift recognized as the best domestic airlines in uh, Africa at World Luxury Travel Awards. So the lifts are happening here in uh, Africa yeah, and they're right. making big names. Yeah, so get ready to join us in celebrating a young and dynamic force in the aviation, South African aviation industry, of course. Lyft Airlines approaches its third anniversary since its inception in South Africa, and it has achieved a remarkable feat by being named, get this, the best domestic airline in Africa right at the prestigious 2023 World Luxury Travel Awards. Now, that's uh, quite something to celebrate, I dare say, seeing that they've just been in business for three years. And uh, these awards are the pinnacle of recognition in the industry with over 150 categories and 200 nominees. So for them to pull us off, it's a remarkable honor, truly. And uh, hats off to them, like I say. And uh, Lyft is a relative newcomer. and. Uh, it was nominated uh, the best uh, airline category on the continent. And that announcement came uh, just recently on October 29th. And uh, Lyft CEO expressed his elation, stating we are thrilled to accept this international award and to be recognized as the best domestic airline in Africa. So uh, I think uh, it says a lot for Lyft, uh, not just for the uh, carrier, the equipment that they use, meaning the aircraft and things like that, but uh, also the degree of service and I must admit I've flown them only just once, uh, just locally, but uh, yeah, their service makes you sit back and take notice, huh? I'll be quite honest with you, they've got a different attitude and I think uh, this is where the difference is so uh, noticeable and pronounced. And uh, of course they started three years ago in 2020 and uh, it has grown considerably and offers flights to destinations like Cape Town, Johannesburg, and of course, Durban. And uh, he was grateful, the CEO, and uh, he said that we'd like to thank our passengers for their vote of confidence by selecting a lift for that award. And uh, especially significant as they are celebrating just their third birthday. And uh, of course, Lyft Airlines is not just reaching the skies, it's conquering them. <laughs> And uh, with an unwavering commitment to passengers and dedication, like I mentioned just now, to service excellence, 
Lyft has proven itself a worthy winner and a rising star in the aviation world. Yeah, mashallah Deba. And, you know, when they're lifting up and it's good for Africa, then, uh, you know, the rat race and we in the city and uh, and we feeling that, hey, I need a break. I don't know how many people can afford a break. But uh, some of the reasons, are perhaps five reasons, they can give us some of the reasons to consider taking a break away from the city, Ba. Yeah, certainly. The thing is, look, uh, for most part of it, we are city dwellers, right? City slickers, like they call sometimes. And while city life can be an exhilarating whirlwind, every now and then, by it's essential to get out of it because uh, you need to recharge. And the hustle and bustle of the urban living, it can take it. And it does take its toll. You know, you just get caught up in a rut sometimes and uh, the best way to escape that is to go out into the country. And fortunately, we are in KZN and of course, South Africa has got such beautiful countryside. So it's reason enough to take a break away from the city. So yeah, let's look at the five reasons. Uh, basically, it's just to uh, reconnect with nature, relax and rejuvenate, escape from the noise and the madness of the city, of course, and uh, look at the pristine splendor of the countryside. And of course, you can also uncover natural wonders. So uh, these are the main reasons. Bar. And uh, the thing is, if you look around us, uh, I mean, we can immerse ourselves in uh, its wonders, unspoiled bushveld, sun-kissed beaches, tranquil lakes, breathtaking mountains. And uh, it's just out there and it's free of charge. So that's that's the best part of it. And of course, you can relax and uh, rejuvenate at uh, any one of these many uh, camps or safari uh, establishment that they got. And uh, the peace and quiet of the countryside where you don't have traffic and blaring sirens, noisy offices, and uh, many many bus taxis with their bass pumping out and things like that. Yeah, it, it, it is definitely, you know, something that would uh, soothe the soul, so to speak. And we can leave the city light behind and, of course, look at the uh, sky for a change. Uh, you know, you, where you're out of the city, there's no more uh, spillage from the uh, city lights, where you can look at the celestial canvas and uh, the breathtaking sight of all those stars in the, in the Milky Way. It's something that one needs to look at from time to time to appreciate you know, the um, magnificence of our creator and his handiwork, definitely. And then there's, of course, the usual adventure stuff like uh, mountain hiking, wildlife spotting, bird watching, and all the rest of it. So, uh, yeah, if you, next time you're feeling all uh, <clears throat> hooked up, then uh, take a break and uh, go out into the country. It'll do you a world of good, I assure you. Well, Ba, you know where I live. In the, jungle, oh, yeah. <laughs> in the jungle bar every morning with the fish eagle and with the mongoose and with the roosters and with that i can just go on and not forgetting bar mm. with the cats hey you and i we love our cats well i'm looking at turkey turkey to launch early bookings uh, or campaign to law tourists i mean turkey is a very popular tourist destination bar yeah, absolutely. And uh, that, in my opinion, of course, having traveled uh, the best part of the world many times, I I would put Turkey on the top of my list because it is, uh, it's got such a lot to offer from whichever perspective you look at, you know, whether it's natural beauty, culture, uh, business, whatever you want to do over there, uh, history, it's got everything that you need there. So yeah, Turkey has launched its campaign and uh, it's time to embark on a journey to the enchanting world of Turkey, of course, 
where the tourism sector is pulling out all the stops to entice uh, more travelers to explore its diverse and this mesmerizing destination. And uh, the upcoming, of course, it's going to be winter there, so I think they need to boost the tourism coming in. And winters are beautiful over there, trust me. It is chilly, of course, but but very beautiful, especially for people like us that, that, that don't really get a chance to experience uh, snow and stuff like that in a hurry, apart from going to the Drakenberg when it does snow there. So they're saying basically is that uh, if you book early, early booking, then uh, you can get your dream vacation and make it a reality at a much more attractive uh, price. And this is from the president of the Association of Turkish Travel Agencies. And he revealed this plan that's going to be kicking off in the first week of December. Uh, I don't have much uh, indication as to what the special offers are going to be or how much the variance might be favorably insofar as pricing and what the offering is going to be uh, covering. But uh, I think that will get clearer as we reach uh, uh, closer towards the end of uh, November. And uh, basically he stated that if you plan and book your trips early, you will have the chance to enjoy holidays at a very affordable price. So how affordable remains to be seen. So it's a golden opportunity for people wanting to visit and experience Turkey's wonders without breaking the bank. And of course, what sets Turkey apart is its incredible variety that I alluded to uh, of experience and activities, whether you're seeking a magic of winter, the allure of the sea, sun and sand, the rich tapestry of cultural exploration, culinary adventures, and of course, don't forget the top-notch medical tourism. Turkey has it all, uh, just understand that. And uh, it's a country that caters to every traveler's desire, making it a perfect destination for all seasons and interests. And uh, in a recent report, uh, they uh, maintain that they uh, attracted a whopping 41.9, almost $42 billion in tourism uh, revenues during the first nine months of this year alone. So it just shows you the growing uh, popularity of this destination. Of course, the fact that the leaders worth very little is an added incentive that is drawing the people there. But uh, make no mistake, eh? Turkey is a place to be if you really want to go and look at all those things that I just mentioned. Uh, not satisfied with that for 42 billion. The thing is, uh, they have set their sights on an even more ambitious goal, aiming to achieve a tourism turnover of 56 billion by the end of this year. So I think that's where that push is coming through for December. Bar. And uh, whether you're drawn to the allure of Turkey's historical treasures, stunning coastlines, vibrant cities, culinary delights, you know, I could go on and on. And uh, with this uh, early booking campaign, Turkey is ready to welcome everyone with open arms and provide them with unforgettable and value for money experiences. So uh, my advice to the people that are wishing to travel, don't miss out on this chance to make your travel dreams a reality and uh, let Turkey enchant your senses and captivate you. I tell you, Ba, you really add value to your segment, Travel Express with Ibrahim Padacha. I mean, really, you made it your own. Allah bless you. And, uh, you know, you really go the extra mile. Your parting words uh, this uh, evening, Ba? Yeah, it's talking about our need to be appreciative and uh, recognize the gift that Allah has blessed us with in countless bounties. It is said that uh, appreciate what you have now and you will have more, as Allah says, definitely. 
and complain about what you don't have and you'll never have enough. So it's a question of being grateful for what we've got. And if we look around us, as we were talking earlier about the horrific scenario in Gaza, how blessed and how fortunate are we that we are not stuck in a similar situation like them. So yeah, count your bounties one by one. And uh, I don't think you'll ever want for anything more because the more you appreciate what Allah has given, he says very clearly in his Quran that I will give you more. Mm. Wallahu khayru razakeen. And I, Allah, I am the best of providers. Abba, uh, you, you, you have a lovely, beautiful evening ahead. We'll talk to you soon. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Thank you so much for the opportunity and to our listeners out there. Most welcome, Ba. Yes, I would like to thank Lucolo for great engineering. Keep it locked on to Marcus Sahaba for a great programming from the team and I. Till we meet you again, we bid you. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.